feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. The left's rhetoric has responsibilities. And tonight, I want to hear from you about two really serious topics because their rhetoric and their actions have responsibilities. And all I can think about is tomorrow, we're going to see the old dog and pony show with the January 6th committee. And They're going to go after the comments that President Trump made. Remember President Trump making the statements, go peacefully, protest, go patriotically. And they're saying that those comments are what incited the rioters on January 6th. And yet if you listen to the comments coming from the left since that leak from the Supreme Court, Roe v. Wade, that draft, we still haven't even gotten the official decision yet. The left went crazy. The left was going crazy on the Supreme Court even before this. And today we saw some very serious consequences. And yet the left would like you to believe that everything is January 6th and anything they say is basically no problem. And that double standard is disgusting and it is shameful and it is outrageous. Tomorrow we're going to see the whole dog and pony show. They're going to put out different people and say, oh, gosh, isn't this terrible? Look, you know, Trump said this and -and so-and-so said this and this is what happened. You know, and they're going to say words have actions. And yet today, are you kidding me? We go back and we listen to some of the statements that we have heard from a number of Democrats In just the last few days, even today, after this big bombshell and this horrible thing of this California guy who shows up at the home of Justice Kavanaugh. And tonight, this is so disgusting. Ruth sent us, this group called Ruth sent us, was planning protests tonight outside of Justice Kavanaugh's house. And they don't regret putting out his home address They don't regret protesting, even though it is illegal to protest in front of a justice's home to try to sway his opinion. You shouldn't be putting out his address either. That is outrageous. And this guy who planned to kill Justice Brett Kavanaugh said, guess what? Guess where I found his home address? It was online because groups like this Ruth sent us and these other groups are out there putting the address of the Supreme Court justices online because they weren't happy with the draft leak, that decision leak that came out. We haven't even heard from the high court yet in terms of what it's going to rule. And already they're saying, by the way, in the last few hours, this is really scary. They are saying that the National Guard is going to be on high alert in the United States because when that decision comes down and if it is the same as what we heard in the leak. In other words, potentially overturning Roe v. Wade and sending the decisions back to the states. They say that there could be extreme violence 
coming from many of these ultra-left-leaning groups who will be upset by this. And yet today, we are not hearing them come out and condemn this. Condemn what we are hearing now, that there was this man, a 26-year-old guy, shows up at the home of Justice Kavanaugh. First, he's basically loaded for bear. I want to talk about some of the things that this guy had on him in his little backpack. This is really frightening. Clearly a guy who was off his rocker, who was unstable, and he was angry at the leak, the Supreme Court leak. Shows up at his home. Again, he gets the address online because these crazy groups put out their home addresses, which is outrageous. And in this guy's backpack, there's a knife. There are ammunitions. There's a hammer. There's a crowbar. There are zip ties. There are a whole bunch of other items. And this guy, in no uncertain terms, said his plan was to kill Justice Brett Kavanaugh and then maybe take his own life. And he literally took a cab. He gets out about 1 o'clock in the morning last night, gets in front of his house, sees these U.S. Marshals, and walks out of the cab, heads towards the house. Then he calls authorities, thank goodness, and basically said, I'm about to do something really bad. I'm having suicidal thoughts, and I'm very concerned. He sees these very heavily armed U.S. Marshals, thank goodness, that were there. Anybody who says defund the police, shame on you. And that basically made him say, well, maybe I should call. Maybe I should do something. I'm having these horrible thoughts. Luckily, he was immediately arrested and taken into custody. But can you imagine how scary this is for Justice Brett Kavanaugh and for anybody else on the high court that now this loony Kazuni who said he was so upset at the leak and the decisions and was so angry about it. And where is the left tonight? Why are they not out there absolutely condemning this, retracting any of their prior statements and saying that maybe some of their rhetoric contributed to what we are now seeing as a result today. Somebody who is deranged, who is unstable, and was taking cues from clearly the left because he was very upset at the fact that he had ruled this way on the Supreme Court leak. But you don't hear the left ever saying that. And tomorrow night, we're going to see the biggest, you know, facade and the biggest joke of all. They're going to be out there and they're going to be saying, oh, well, Donald Trump's saying let's peacefully and patriotically protest. That's what sparked the riots. Are you kidding me? They should just crawl up and go back home and not even put on one minute of their proceedings. That's what I think. And I want to hear from you tonight. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, here is a little bit from constitutional scholar Jonathan Turley, one of the best legal minds out there. And he said, clearly, this anger, especially from the left, is now putting the high court justices, their lives at risk big time. You know, a person should not have to wonder if he can both serve and survive on the United States Supreme Court. But it's getting to a point where this age of rage is putting all of our justices and judges in fear of themselves and their families in terms of an attack. And that has an impact on the rule of law. It is something that is going to discourage others from going to serve on the court. Yeah, who wants to go on the Supreme Court now? 
what, you want your home address out there? Brett Kavanaugh has little kids, too. I mean, how scary is that to know? And thank goodness this guy basically turned himself in. What if he didn't turn himself in? What if he got inside Brett Kavanaugh's house and he had zip ties and he had a knife and he had a gun? I mean, this to me is so outrageous. And then again tomorrow, we're going to see this dog and pony show and basically saying Trump's words peacefully and patriotically protest. Oh, yeah, that really sparked the riots when what you said was so inflammatory before this. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is a little bit more from Jonathan Turley, because remember, when the White House was asked about some of the original protests that happened right after the leak, they didn't condemn it. They didn't scold anybody. They said, you know, peaceful protests are okay. And the reporters were like, whoa, 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 wait. They're shouting vile things outside their home. They're going to their house. They're putting out their home addresses. Don't you understand how serious and how dangerous this is? And yet they did nothing. They were like, oh, it's almost like it was like the uh, summer of 2020. Remember Ali Veshi uh, from MSNBC? who is the reporter on MSNBC, the host out there. And he was in the middle of right behind where like the Minnesota police station was on fire. And it looked like it was a war zone. I've been in war zones. It looked just like that, right? It was like bombs everywhere and everything. And he's like, boy, it's a nice day out here in Minneapolis. It was like, what? Wait, wait, wait. Are you looking at what's behind you? They're burning down a police station. They're throwing things. They're burning things. Well, that's how the White House was acting when the leak came out. Remember? They were like, oh, no big deal. People are just exercising their freedom of speech. You know darn well if it was the other way around and if it was a conservative who was out there protesting, they would say, oh, shame on them. Shame on them. But when it came down to their side protesting, they did not condemn it. They didn't condemn the riots, and they didn't condemn the people protesting outside the justices' houses. Take a listen. Here's Jonathan Turley talking about that. What disturbed many of us, John, about the White House response is they couldn't muster the courage to come out immediately to condemn the leak itself, to condemn the targeting of these homes, including justices that have young children. How tough is that call? Most Americans would think that would be easy for a president of the United States. It's at times like that that he has to speak for the nation. And not just speak to what's legal or what is illegal, but what is decent. What, what, is, what is called upon for all citizens to act in a way that shows respect and decency? Yeah, for some reason, they had a real hard time condemning any of those protesters. Just like they had a hard time condemning The rioters, guys, remember, in the summer of 2020. And Jonathan Turley said the language from the left, especially on this case, is dangerous. Reckless rhetoric and actions can fuel this type of violence. It can be a call to arms, literally, for those who are unstable or just consumed by hate. And this guy sure was absolutely deranged. He wore all black. 26-year-old Nicholas John Roski of Simi Valley, California. Thank goodness he's now in federal authorities' hands, charged with attempted murder, as he appropriately should be. But what are the repercussions for the left, who, boy, did they go after this Supreme Court? And I think, case in point, listen to Chuck Schumer. 
I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. How outrageous is that? You will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. This is a Supreme Court justice who has a lifetime appointment. What does that mean? You will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. I mean, that to me is outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. And he wasn't the only one. Remember Senator Elizabeth Warren chanting there at the Supreme Court? And we are not going back. Not ever. No. So say it with me. We are not going back. We We are are not not going back. back. Not ever. Not ever. Not ever. Not ever. Not ever. Never. She is getting really passionate there. And think about when you've got someone who's clearly deranged, like this guy, this Nicholas John Roski, 26, passionate about it, upset at the leak decision, goes online, sees the address of John Roberts, of uh, Kavanaugh, all of their addresses, many of their addresses are up there, finds Kavanaugh's address, takes a cab there, gets dropped off, loaded for bear, had all of these items. And by the way, you know, it's really scary. He had a lot of items that were similar to what happened to this judge in Wisconsin. There was a judge who was killed in Wisconsin about a week ago, and he was also zip tied and some other things. So then you got this loony kazuni people who are obviously mentally unstable. And yet the left doesn't seem to think their rhetoric has any bearing on it whatsoever. They should come right out and condemn Anyone for protesting outside of justice's home, they should come back and retract anything they ever said that could be inciting people because this is getting downright dangerous. I want to hear your thoughts and what you think of some of the comments that have come from the left. And who do you think bears responsibility? Obviously, this guy bears a responsibility. Um, but. The left wants you to think that nothing they said has ever inflamed or condoned violence. And I say that's hogwash. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Talking about this deranged man, 26-year-old Nicholas John Roski, a California guy from Simi Valley, shows up at the home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, shows up in the middle of the night. He's there with his family and his kids, um, and the guy comes with tons of weaponry, luckily, He also knew he was deranged, and he called law enforcement. He basically called 911 and said, you know what? I'm here at the scene. I'm planning to kill Brett Kavanaugh. 
and I'm also thinking of suicide. And he quickly got taken into custody. There are two U.S. Marshals that are at his house, at Brett Kavanaugh's house. He saw them, and a lot of people believe that's sort of also what triggered it to him to basically turn himself in, if you will, and worried what was going to happen. Thank God he did that. Thank God he didn't try to, like, break into the house or sneak around or do something else. But, boy, are things getting heated on all sides. And where is the left coming out and condemning this? And where is the left during this whole thing, all these protests that are going on? They don't seem to want to condemn the protests outside these people's homes. We talked about it as soon as I saw that that leak happened in these different groups. And, in fact, this group called Ruth Sanders is planning on protesting out there tonight. They're probably right out there right now. They said, we're out there. Yeah, we put the address out. So what? How dare they? How dare they? And how dare our attorney general, who is the top law enforcement officer in this country, Merrick Garland, you have to start defending our laws and prosecuting. There's a major law on the books. It's art. It's 1801, and it's on the books. It is a felony to actually protest in front of a justice's home, technically in front of a place of work, too. But they allow it, obviously, in front of the Supreme Court, and there's a lot of law enforcement there. But it is absolutely illegal. It is a felony to try to protest outside a judge's residence. And that law is not being enforced. And guess what? They never arrested any of those protesters. Remember right when the leak came out? And here we are weeks later and some crazy guy is showing up there. And the decision hasn't even come out yet. Boy, we are into scary times. And boy, is the left a bunch of hypocrites. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mary on line four. Mary, uh, your thoughts about all of this. Hi, Rita. Thank you for your programming and for what you're saying. And I don't understand why things are going to change when you have Senator Schumer out there inciting violence, saying that people are going to be hit with a whirlwind and hit. They won't know what hit them. What's he proposing? A baseball bat, a bullet, a Molotov cocktail? What does he want to hit us with? You know, you bring a great point, Mary, because when you hear that kind of rhetoric, that to me is more inflammatory than anything I've even heard the left accuse, you know, uh, Trump or anybody even at that rally. You know, on January 6th that they said some of the words there, they said inspired them to go to the Capitol uh, patriotically and peacefully protest. Somehow that doesn't seem like that's inspiring a mob, right? Um, and yet, I want to play exactly what you're saying because his words to me are exactly what you're saying. They are so insightful, and I mean in terms of inflammatory and inspiring people to do I don't know what, but it, it, it's pretty ominous. Here it is again. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Yeah, you won't know what hit you, Mary, um, and you will pay a price. I mean, that's a, it's not like you can't vote them out. They have a lifetime appointment. What, I mean, how do you read that? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you because I feel he, the same way you do. I think it's he's really inciting violence. Right. He's definitely inciting violence, maybe death. There's no question about it. 
And especially on, on uh, recently, we had a suspicious death of, of uh, was it Justice Scalia, the uh, conservative justice who was found dead in bed in somebody's uh, private residence or something. Remember that? Yep, I do remember that. I remember that. And they said there was something kind of weird about that whole thing, too. It was exactly. odd. Yeah. Something's going on, and it's downright dangerous, vicious, and un-American. And we have to fight for our country, for our rights. These people are dying to kill babies. That's ultimately what this is all about. You're going to threaten somebody if they don't choose to have an abortion? Is that what he's trying to say? Well, and that seems sure enough that's what it is. And yet, you know, where are they now coming out and saying this cannot happen? And they don't seem to understand that that kind of rhetoric, sadly, gives a green light to somebody who's crazy. And then you got the president of the United States who was basically saying, oh, it's a good thing they're protesting. No, it's not. It's dangerous. We're going to continue this after the break, everyone. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I always love doing here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our men and women in law enforcement, a powerful story coming from New York City, where the NYPD honored many members of the New York's greatest police department, the country's greatest police department, the NYPD, for their heroism today. NYPD Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell said, when things go wrong, we ask you to make it right, as she spoke to many officers. When the situation has gone too far, we ask you to bring it back. When someone is in harm's way or a neighborhood is oppressed by crime, violence and disorder, we see to them. When you wear that shield and you do your job, there is none better. And today we add medals to some of your shields. Keyshawn Sewell and Mayor Eric Adams, remember also a former police captain himself, honored the finest of the finest on Tuesday at the department's annual medal day where cops are recognized for courage and commitment in the service of New York City. That included Detective Dalsh Bevy, who suffered a brain injury back in 2017 when a teenage driver dragged him for three blocks after he approached a car in East Flatbush. The 40-year-old continues to receive round-the-clock care. And the detective's wife, Esther, said, This means so much to my husband. This wasn't just a job for him. This was his passion. So for him to be here to witness this today and for me to be by his side, I think it was definitely an achievement in his career. And bravo to all of those great officers, including that detective. And thank you always for keeping all of us safe. I love that they are honoring the great men and women in blue. Well, we also were just talking about the fact that the National Guard is basically being told to be on standby and that there is a very good chance that when the Supreme Court decision comes down, on Roe versus Wade, the case that will decide whether that case basically gets thrown back to the states for the states to decide it. Well, when that comes out, they are expecting it is going to be really dangerous in the country in so many different places, and especially at a number of like Christian centers and 
uh, right-to-life uh, locations and offices. We've already seen a number of them firebombed just when the leak came out. And now the National Guard is being told to be ready that they may have to be deployed to different cities across the country when that actual Supreme Court decision comes down. And needless to say, it has come uh, because of in the last few hours we have gotten word about this horrible attempted assassination of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh by a deranged man who showed up at his house. And tonight we're talking about why you think that these protesters that are outside his house tonight are not being told they got to leave or be arrested. It is against the law. It is a felony to protest outside a justice's home. It is outrageous that the top law enforcement officer in this country, Merrick Garland, isn't enforcing the law and that the Democrats are not telling everybody, stay home, do not protest. If you don't like the decision, Peacefully protest in front of the Supreme Court. Do it in an organized way. Do it in a peaceful march. But they're not doing that. And this is disgusting. And now it's getting downright dangerous. I want to take your calls and get your thoughts on why you think we're at this moment. And where do you see this headed? Because this, to me, just says it's going to be a really dangerous summer when that decision comes down. Typically, these Supreme Court decisions, by the way, everybody... They come out usually in June, and typically they come out like at the beginning of the week normally. Um, And gosh, you know, everybody was on standby. Is it going to come out today? Um, It did not come out today, but it very well could come out in the next week or two or later, but it could come out potentially at any moment. And boy, things could not be more tense than somebody showing up armed with a knife and a hammer and zip ties and a gun. And tons of ammunition showing up at the home of Brett Kavanaugh saying he planned to kill him. Uh, I mean, this is crazy. Why is the left being quiet? Why are they not coming out and condemning it? And why are they saying, oh, peaceful protests are okay? Is there anything peaceful about a crazy guy who shows up with zip ties and says he wants to kill a Supreme Court justice because one of your supporters put out his address online? Are you kidding me? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. This, to me, is outrageous. Let's go to Solomon on line four, who's in Toronto. Go ahead, Solomon. What do you you make? This is scary times here in this country. Go ahead, Solomon. uh, I was going to mention Chuck Schumer. I don't know. This this whole thing going on with Kavanaugh could be some kind of stunt by the justices, possibly, because the justices haven't really been with the whole election and everything. They were against the Republicans and everything. Wait, 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 Solomon, I'm confused. A stunt? A stunt what? Like what that they're trying to get sympathy or something? Are you kidding me? What are you drinking in O Canada? Well, there's so much going on with the shootings and everything, like... Just to draw the attention away from Texas or something. You know what, Solomon, I've I've heard it all. I I tend to not think that they're doing it as a distraction, Um, you know, um, and obviously nobody would want somebody to show up at their home. And make these kind of claims that that's a that's a little loony. You got to stay away from the maple syrup there in Toronto. But thank you very much. Thanks so much, Solomon. Let's go to Peter 
and Staten Island. Go ahead, Peter, your thoughts about what's going on and the fact that tomorrow night uh, the left is going to come out and say, well, you know, some of these comments from Trump or from Rudy Giuliani or wherever, uh, they created the riot. Even though if you listen to their words, they were just saying peacefully and patriotically protest. And that's nothing compared to what we've seen Schumer and these other people make, even just on the leak. Hi, Rita. I tell you, tomorrow I got the popcorn ready. I turned down the sound and my wife and I, I mimic them. I will make like what they're talking, you know, because it's all, you know, uh, this guy shift. If you notice, look at his eyes. He never blinks. It's amazing. An uncle of mine told me, if you ever meet somebody that never blinks, stay away from them. But we're stuck with people. And they, I had a Democrat guy get in my face in a restaurant in Staten Island today. And I don't know why, because I was wearing a a flag uh, pin on my shoulder. Oh, you're a Trumpster. I go, yes, I am. And the guy put his hands on my shoulder and tried to spin me around. And I went wacky on him. I mean, I unloaded on him really bad. And then I find out that my cousin owns the restaurant because they called the manager and then my cousin came in. So, so wait, wait, wait. So, was. Pete, this is getting it to be a good story. So then what did your cousin do? What, what happened oh, when, cousin, when the guy found cousin. out uh, that your cousin owns the place? Oh, my cousin told him, uh, forget the bill. Get out of here while you still could walk. Because if my cousin gets crazy again, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna take you apart. I mean, I'm martial arts expert. I'm 66 years old. I was trained by the government and other sources, and I try to keep my composure. But when somebody puts their hand on me, you gotta watch it because I just lose it. I go into a uh, into a mode, and that's it. Until so, you know. So, like I said, over politics. And this guy started mouthing off to me about Trump, and I was listening to him. I almost believed him for two minutes because he was so passionate. Then I asked him, what do you what do you do for a living? He goes, I'm a doctor. I go, what kind of doctor? Uh, you know, for the feet. Uh, you know. I says, my God, I'm a podiatrist. You're not a doctor. You're a person that plays with people's feet and smelly, stinky feet. You know, I mean, I, I got crazy. I got crazy. I sat down with my wife and my friends eating. The only good thing, went back to the house, went in the saltwater pool, and I calmed down. And I call on you tonight to tell you that yesterday I gave a shout-out to everybody at WMC. I mean, at w, at WABC. Sorry, I've got a little tongue-tied, and I'm not drinking like that guy with the maple syrup up in Canada. Oh, my God, but, who thinks that we're staging it? My God, you would have thought oh, he's on Mars, not Toronto. Oh, forget about it. But the thing is, I gave a shout-out to my best people from WABC, and now the podcast, they came on the announce last night that Frankie Russo is making a triumphant return to uh, with a podcast to 77 WNBC. So and by the way, I, by the way, I just heard that, too. I just heard that, yep. too. And we'll have to see if it's going to be called uh, the the what is it? The wacky side of, of midnight. But but I think that's oh, yeah. wonderful, too. Pete, Pete, yeah, thank I, you. I on Dominic's show the other night, a day ahead, because uh I was told by Anthony that this was going to happen to Moraldi Pizza. So I'm very happy. And everybody, you know, it'll be a great show on everybody bringing something to the table. And I love all you guys. I love you especially. 
and you really you really help when I call. And if I stumble a little, you don't you know you don't ridicule me. You treat me like you know you treat me like a real good person, and you are a great person. Well, Pete, Reed, uh, Pete, right that. back at you, my friend. You are terrific. And uh, and it'll be great to have uh, Frankie doing his podcast, too, because he's, he's tons of fun. And thank you for your sweet words. And I'm glad that your cousin came over and told the guy to scram, because that whole rhetoric from that guy on you, how dare he? How dare he? Pete, thank you so, so much. Always good to hear from you, my friend. Um, let's go to Mike on Line 8. Mike, your thoughts about all of this, um, because, boy, this is this is crazy stuff, the rhetoric that we're hearing from people like Schumer and some of these others. And then tomorrow they're going to do this old dog and pony show and say, oh, what Trump's words say were terrible. I mean, to me, it just the double standard is disgusting. So, Rita, patriotically and peacefully protest compared to there'll be hell to pay. You'll never know what hit your whirlwind. What do you think the chances of a reporter from ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN will ask the majority leader in the United States Senate about his comments and if they played into what occurred today. What do you think the chances of that happening? Sadly, sadly zero, but it's the, it is a very appropriate question and, and it needs to be asked because words have consequences. And right now we're sadly, we've been seeing all these kind of crazy cases around the country. I mean, we've seen them, you know, we've seen, you know, just a lot of obviously very deranged individuals. We saw what happened, the, that hate-filled guy up in Buffalo. We saw the hate-filled guy in Uvalde, Texas. I mean, there have been other cases, obviously Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and then you got this guy. I mean, when people are unstable and they hear something, it contributes. It emboldens them. And, and words do have actions on all sides. And and I just say, you know, on the people who are on the January 6th, be fair. You know what I'm saying? Just like you just said, if you listen to the words, there is no comparison. I mean, for somebody to go out there and say you're going to pay a price, uh, you won't know what hit you. I mean, are you kidding me? You know, that if by the Democrat standards, there should be a January 6th hearing on what Schumer said. And by the Democrat standard, there should be a January 6th hearing on... Elizabeth Warren. And by the Democrat standard, there should be, you know, a a hearing on many of these things. And you know darn well if the shoe were on the other foot tonight and it was somebody who showed up at the home of, you know, Sonia Sotomayor and and was trying to threaten her. I'd be saying the same thing. It's horrible. Wrong is wrong. But they are playing so much politics, Mike. Don't you think it's disgusting? I do. And let me just tell you, it's the propaganda machine known as the mass media, and it's, it's destroying this country. It's, it's tearing us apart. It's splitting us into two. But they're, but they're no longer journalists. Journalism is dead. It, it, this is an example of it. Because, as you just said, if it was, if it was a liberal Supreme Court justice, you'd have 24-7 news coverage on this. Yeah, 1,000%. I agree. And then tomorrow night, they're going to say words have consequences. And just like you said, if you're if I was a reporter there, the first question I would say is, well, what about your words? You know, and I I mean, uh, unbelievable. Mike, thank you very, very much. And speaking, by the way, of sort of how serious this is um, earlier today, I was watching an interview 
with Judge Esther Salas. She is, of course, the judge in New Jersey, and she is the one who lost her son, her only child, um, who answered the door. And remember, it turned out to be this deranged attorney who went before her for a case, and he opened fire, and he killed her son. And so she talks so much about how we all need to come together and just say that you cannot go after justices, that people have to speak better to each other, and that standards have to be the same on all sides. Take a listen to what she had to say. I lost my only child, my only child. I had four miscarriages. Daniel was a gift from God, and I lost him 22 months and 20 days ago. Yes, I'm counting. I'll be counting for the rest of my life. And I tell you now that we have to do something. Our leaders have to work together. Yeah, they definitely do. And so she is pushing for something called Daniel's Bill uh, because she says that this needs to protect all judges, not just the Supreme Court judges, but all judges. Take a listen. And the one thing we can all agree on is that these are real clear and present dangers. And we, as the the America, citizens of America, I don't care where or who you, you know, where you feel you stand with certain topics. This is a bipartisan, bicameral bill. It is supported by Republicans and Democrats. And by the way, the House Tonight, House of Representatives is finally starting to kind of review the bill that the Senate passed basically saying that nobody should be protesting outside the home, that no address should be given out of justices. And it's been sitting there for like a month on the floor of the House of Representatives. Nancy Pelosi, why are you not pushing that? Why why are you not rushing that to the table? Because that affects all justices. Because they don't seem to want to do it. And now tonight, by the way, they're suddenly having an epiphany after this guy shows up dressed in black, ready to basically kill one of the Supreme Court justices. I mean, it took that for them to suddenly move on this. This is outrageous. And Senator Mitch McConnell said today on the floor that he really thought that this was just an accident, uh, not even an accident, but a planned plot ready to happen and that this may happen again and that people need to really wake up. This is exactly the kind of event that many worried the unhinged, reckless, apocalyptic rhetoric from prominent figures toward the court going back many months, and especially in recent weeks, could make more likely. This is exactly, exactly why the Senate passed legislation very shortly after the leak to enhance the police protection for justices and their families. This is exactly why. Why did it take suddenly someone showing up threatening to kill Justice Kavanaugh? And even today, you should be out there, Democrats, and saying, we cannot stand for this. They're kind of like, yeah, well, you know, we think it's not a good idea. (laughs) That's the best you can do? 1-800-848-9222. And I'm going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I must have dreamed a thousand dreams. Been haunted by a million 
And we are talking about this horrible plan by a 26-year-old madman who showed up ready to kill Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh at his home in the middle of the night. This is so, so scary. And many Republicans, including Senator Mike Lee today, said this was not unexpected given the heat of the rhetoric, given the tensions, and the fact that the White House and many Democrats were not condemning the protests outside of Kavanaugh and other justices' homes. Take a listen. This is Senator Mike Lee. This is the predictable, foreseeable, and very tragic result of what happens when people think that they can influence the Supreme Court by protesting at the homes of individual justices. And then the administration responds by not enforcing the law. Under 18 U.S.C. Section 1507, showing up at people's homes and protesting in front of the home of a judge, trying to influence the judge, that is a federal felony criminal offense. That hasn't been prosecuted, and that needs to change. It needs to change immediately. Absolutely. And why are we not hearing Democrats having that same sort of tone? Are you kidding me that we have come to a place where someone shows up at the home of a Supreme Court justice because his address is online and plans to kill him? And thank goodness the guy basically turned himself in. I mean, this we have come to a really dangerous place. one 800 848 Two, two. Let's go to Frank on line five. Frank, your thoughts about all of this and the rhetoric from the left that many people believe is fueling this. Uh, yeah, good evening. Yeah, this is very scary, very scary. I have this really bad feeling that, that if they go, go through with this uh, ruling, that, that judges like uh, Barrett and Kavanaugh are going to be have to, uh, they're going to be looking over their shoulder for, for a few years. I mean, this is not a good way to live. They have children. And I'm at the point where maybe one of them should change their mind. I mean, really, I'm sorry, but I think this is the type of thing where um, you got to leave it the way it is. This is not the hill to die on. And this is not the way to ruin your reputation or to lose your life. No way. But, you, but you, know what, you know what's interesting, no. Frank? You bring up a really powerful point because that's why they don't want people protesting outside of justices' homes to try to influence their decision. And, um, you know, I I disagree that if whatever their decision is, that's what it should stay. But I also do worry, as you bring up very, you know, very powerfully, I worry about them. I worry about their families and the fact that they're looking at calling the National Guard out. This is scary stuff. Thank you, Frank, very much. Let's go to Scott in Denver real quick. Scott, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, I I'm a little bit uh, put off by, to say the least, the, the idea that federal judges are being assassinated. Or attempted, and, attempted. You know, thank goodness, well, just an attempted, well, but it's scary. Last, last week, somebody was polished off. I, yeah. I don't have the name. No, but. you're right. It was a, You're right. It was a Wisconsin judge. And to me, it is absolutely frightening. I, I agree. I'm, I am disheartened and I'm sad. And I'm outraged. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, guys. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight, 
Chessa gets the boot. Chessa Boudin, one of the softest on-crime DAs in the country, has been booted out of office in a historic recall. I mean, you got to be pretty bad if you are in probably the most liberal city in the country, San Francisco, and the liberal voters pushed to get you booted out in a recall. That's how bad he was. That's how much he brought down that city in terms of his soft on crime policies, lenient on criminals policies, and homelessness went up. Drug crime went up, violent crime went up in big numbers in San Fran under this guy's watch. And he was basically giving criminals a little slap on the wrist. And even things were so bad that Democrats overwhelmingly last night voted him out. But Chesa Boudin, by the way, his parents are both from the weather underground. These guys are like left-wing nuts, remember? And the Weather Underground was tied to the Brinks armed robbery where there were police officers and a guard who was killed. And he used to go visit his parents in prison. Uh, I mean, this clearly shaped who he was, unfortunately. And now he has been booted out of office. So we're going to talk about that later on in the hour. Your reaction to that, that now these soft on crime DAs, this one got the message. He's no longer there. And my question to you tonight is, could Alvin Bragg be next? Could maybe the governor finally say enough is enough? Uh, And also, what about in L.A., George Gascon? There is a recall underway that they're working on right now. They're pretty close to getting the amount of signatures. Could he be next? Could a lot of these soft on crime DAs be next because it is just so apparent that their policies are contributing to the deterioration of cities and the increase in crime? And Chesa Boutin, by the way, doesn't admit that his policies had anything to do with him getting booted out, even though even Democratic voters said that, yeah, it was, that they couldn't stand the fact that he was light on criminals. No, he didn't blame that. He blamed Republicans. Listen to this during his, quote, uh, concession speech a few hours ago. People are angry. They're frustrated. And I want to be very clear about what happened tonight. The right-wing billionaires outspent us three to one. They exploited an environment in which people are appropriately upset. And they created an electoral dynamic where we were literally shadow boxing. Voters were not asked to choose between criminal justice reform and something else. They were given an opportunity to voice their frustration and their outrage, and they took that opportunity. Right. From a guy who got tons of money from George Soros. By the way, it just came out today that George Soros has spent $40 million dollars on a number of DAs across this country in the last decade. All of them seem to have the sort of soft-on-crime philosophy. Uh, And George Soros, billionaire, is backing them. And Jesse Boudin has the audacity to blame Republicans for his loss as opposed to his own failed policies that are deteriorating great cities like San Francisco. And we see in a lot of cities, Alvin Bragg in New York, George Gascon in L.A., what about that Larry Krasner in Philly? The list could go on and on and on. I hope that they all 
get pushed out in some shape or form because it's time to now get tough on criminals and not give them a free pass like a lot of these DAs are doing. Meantime, speaking of crime, and I want to hear your thoughts as we've been talking about this very serious case of this 26-year-old California guy who shows up loaded for bear planning to kill Justice Brett Kavanaugh at his house. Luckily, the guy basically calls 911 and says, here's what I'm planning on doing. But this is really scary stuff. And this, to me, is just absolutely frightening. His family's home. It's one in the morning. The guy takes a cab. He's all dressed in black, loaded for bear, had weapons with him, a variety of weapons. And he planned to absolutely carry this through. Thank goodness he called authorities on himself. But boy, this is frightening, and the decision hasn't even come out. This is just still on the response to that leak. So where is the left with all of this? The left is not coming out and saying this is abominable. They're not coming out and saying their rhetoric created this. They're loving these protesters being out there, just like they were liking the people that were rioting in the summer of 2020. This is shameful. And take a listen to how Jonathan Turley, constitutional scholar, describes just how scary this is, that in America, a Supreme Court justice has to be scared of a decision. Think about the chilling effect and the damning effect it has not just on their decisions, but also their security and their family's security. This is frightening. Can you imagine being the Kavanaugh family and seeing that list and knowing that man stood outside your home And thank God there was security there. Uh, That may have been what deterred him. I'm sure that the prosecutors are going to argue that's what prompted his call. Uh, But uh, this case is obviously likely to come down to a question of mental illness and mental capacity. But it really does show a level of chilling and detailed planning. Yeah, it sure does. This guy put all these things together. And then he shows up at the house. And by the way, one of you had just called um, from, I think it was somebody from Denver who called into the show and was saying about the case in Wisconsin. There was a judge in Wisconsin who was just killed recently, zip-tied and killed. This guy showed up with zip-ties and had a gun, had a knife, had a hammer, had a crowbar. I mean, this is really serious stuff. Here's a little bit more from Jonathan Turley about this. The image of this black-clad assassin standing outside the home of one of our justices should be a sobering moment for the entire nation, that this has gone too far, this age of rage. We're becoming addicted to rage as a nation. Yeah, this is scary stuff. And also the politics of when the Democrats condemn it is shameful and to me abundantly transparent. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Chris on line seven. Chris, your thoughts about some of these comments coming from the left and this guy showing up at this guy's home planning to assassinate a Supreme Court justice? This is stunning. Good evening, first of all, Rita. Uh, About the comments, Chuck Schumer, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm not a genius, but he was at that rally where he spoke that statement. Now, he was not acting in his official senatorial capacities. He was out there as a private citizen at a rally. 
Somebody should have filed terrorist threat charges against them. That's what should have been done with that. Uh, and and by the by the way, it. also, you know that Justice Roberts, right after Schumer made those statements, um, and let me play the statements again. Um, this is uh, cut forty nine. I just want to play it so everybody remembers because boy, it was just so over the top, Chris. Here it is again. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Wow. You know, you won't know what hit you. And right after that, Chris, Judge Roberts, the chief justice, came out and did a very unusual move. He came out with a public statement condemning the statement of Schumer. Uh, saying that, the, you know, basically saying your language is creating animosity towards us, towards the Supreme Court. This is totally unprofessional. And now here we are, sadly, you know, a few weeks ahead. And look what happened today with this guy trying to kill Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, words have actions, Chris. Democrats aren't going to do anything about it. These are the Democrats' foot soldiers. It's It's sad to say they are unwittingly the foot soldiers for the Democratic Party. The Democrats have tuned these radical groups to basically get out there and do their street dirty work, to intimidate, to harass, to force thought. Um, it, <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it, it's the brown shirts all over again. And what came after the brown shirts? It wasn't good. No, it certainly these, wasn't these are, good. Wow, that, that's a scary premonition, Chris. But it, it, we're in a really tough time, especially I was just saying there was a report tonight that they're putting the National Guard on alert for when that decision does come down because, sadly, they think there may be more people that are going to be obviously inflamed like this guy was. Um, and I'm not seeing anything the Democrats are doing to tone it down. Um, and yet tomorrow they're going to do the January 6th hearings because, uh, you know, they're going to say, oh, well, Trump uh, saying peacefully and patriotically protest incited that. I, I mean, to me, the irony, sadly, uh, of this juxtaposition of the two comments and the responses to me is just so glaring. So, so glaring. Chris, thank you. Let's go to Brian in Denver, Colorado. Brian, go ahead. You're here on the show. Hi, Rian. Good to speak with you again. I, you know, um We've talked a couple of times in the past, and I know you haven't always been enthusiastic, and I don't blame you because I know it's boring for most people. But when I was an elected official, I was attacked in my home with two young children upstairs getting ready to go to bed and a number of law enforcement agencies working for a DA who had not only made death threats against me, but had told me to my face, and I recorded it and gave it to the DOJ and FBI, stating that no matter what happened to me, if somebody killed me, nothing would ever be done about it because I oppose corruption in a place in North Carolina where you do not buck the establishment like that, both the rhinos and the Democrats. And to, to open my door, my front door, on a Sunday night while watching football, to a bunch of AR-15s and shotguns in my face and guns put to the head of my dog because 
I would not play the game the way the game is played, and and this is Wilmington, North Carolina. Wow. And, let me let and, me ask you, Brian, because this is chilling. When I hear what happened to you, um, was there any repercussions? Um, and yours is obviously uh, political. You were talking about uh, some of the people showing up and sort of the good old boy system. Boy, is this scary! Um, but first of all, how scared were you that they showed up at your house? Um, similar to sadly what happened here with you know with Justice Kavanaugh, this guy showing up at his home. Um, and second of all, was there any repercussions in your case, Brian? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I was terrified, especially for my dog and the two young children upstairs with their, their mother being put to bed at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly I was concerned about the uh, corruption, which is why I ran for office in, in the first place. But I was uh, beaten. I was tasered. I was stopped 80 times in four years. I was thrown in the hole in the worst prison in North Carolina. Bernie Madoff was out at uh, Camp Fed on the other side of the electrified fence. I was in the hole in the worst prison in North Carolina for committing no crime other than refusing to compromise my ethics and refusing to profit from my position as a local elected official. Well, Brian, I, Brian, like, I just want to say to you, bravo for standing your ground and bravo uh, for, you know, having principles and morals. And I am, I'm just, me and everybody listening right now, we are just so mortified and sad for you and for the rule of law that this happened to you. And thank goodness you are okay. Um, that's first and foremost. Uh, Brian, wow. Very, very powerful story. Wow. Thank you so much for calling in. Let's go to Mike uh, on line two. Mike, uh, your thoughts. Wow. We were just hearing what Brian went through. Um, what are your thoughts about what happened to Justice Kavanaugh? Yeah, I, I think the best thing to do, is, instead of waiting for political procedures, uh, we need to raise money and, and buy these judges uh, private security, licensed private armed security, because I'm not going to wait for uh, for uh, the Democrat politicians because they want to see them dead. OK, they 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 want to take over this country. George Soros is a globalist. He's one of many, many. The, the globalists were uh, Hitler's officers. They became uh, like like Soros. There's many of them. He's not the only one. They're, they're, they're stationed all over the world. There's many of them. They're all rich. They want to take over the world. So this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to destroy our country. And the Democrats are so stupid that they're following them. They don't know that they're going to drop them like a hot potato later on. But what we need to do, Arita, is we need to raise money for these judges because I think we're going to hesitate it's going to be like Brazil when the drug dealers were killing the judges back in the early 80s. Okay, this is a, it's going to be like that. We need to raise money to hire private armed licensed security uh, for these judges, and we've got to do it now. We can't wait. But, Mike, the public should be supplying it, don't you think? I mean, we have an obligation to make sure that judges are protected, and the public should be supplying that. I mean, it should be... You know, luckily there were two U.S. Marshals outside Kavanaugh's house, but there should be a lot more than that after this, after every justice's house. Real quick, Mike. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see it because their hands are tied. So if they have their own private security, we'll pay for it. The American people will pay for it. We got to raise money. We got to talk to John Cosmetides. He knows people, and and all the other the the big guys know knows people. But we need to pay for it and have the private security work for these judges license on private securities and they need to have it now because it's i i got a bad feeling Rita. i don't want to see it go to the third judge please by the, by the way i i have a bad feeling too and i i hate to say that but this is such a scary dangerous time and unless you have people out there everybody bandying together and say we cannot stand for this. And I'm seeing Democrats selectively choosing what they'll stand for, what they'll tolerate, what they'll turn a blind eye to. Um, and then tomorrow we're going to hear all this dog and pony show on January 6th. Are you kidding me after what we're seeing now today? I mean, this is a sh- this is such it is so outrageous. And I am so worried for our chief justices, our high justices on the top court in the land and that they have to now worry about where they live, where they go, who's going to show up, who's going to show up to their kids' school or whatever. I mean, this is this is really crazy times. And I agree with you on the point, Mike, that extra sh- security should be given um, in some capacity. We cannot stand for this. We're America. We're not, you know, uh, I know you brought up some of these other countries, some of these third world countries where this happens. This should not happen in this great country. It doesn't matter what political aisle you are on whether you're Republican or Democrat, uh, good people who are in there because they believe in public service need to be protected. 1-800-848-9222. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And the Attorney General of the United States has not started to tell protesters to stand down outside of the justices' homes. Shame on him. He needs to start arresting people. And also Congressman Mike Davis echoes that thought, especially after this guy was arrested today planning to kill Brett Kavanaugh at his home. Take a listen to what Congressman Mike Davis had to say. And Mike Davis actually said that Garland, the attorney general, needs to start making arrests. He said that this was essentially predictable, that basically if you look at some of the rhetoric from all the different sides, and especially Schumer and some others, and all the protesters who were just out there, remember the people that were dressed up as like Handmaid's Tale that were by Amy Coney Barrett's house? I mean, all of these different people, how is that not at some point going to get out of hand? These people were angry. They were outraged. And then we had a White House at the same time. And, in fact, I want to play this clip. Uh, Let me see if I can get this is a um, Ducey and Saki cut 22, where basically he was saying, what's the president's position on these protests? Remember this response? Take a listen to this. So I know that there's an outrage right now about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date, and we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes, and that's the president's position. And that's the president's position, as long as they're peacefully protesting. You think a guy showing up in a backpack with all that ammunition and guns, that's peaceful? This was an accident and a terrible, 
terrible tragedy and plot that you could have seen coming, and they did nothing to condemn the rhetoric. Let's go to Robert on line five. Robert, your thoughts about some of the comments coming from the left. So this is an opportunity for the whole country to do something very peaceful. Schumer is always they're saying Schumer is calling for this and Schumer is calling for that. Everyone who's listening to my voice can call up their senator and say they want Schumer to step down. Call their senator and tell them they want Schumer to step down. He's not fit for public service. Yeah, and those comments that he made were completely over the top. We're going to take your calls when we come back. Rita Cosby is on. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor the brave men and women in the military, a powerful story coming from Central Texas, where they had a belated Memorial Day celebration, but really a tribute, of course. Two decorated military veterans from Coleman and Comanche counties in Central Texas were honored at the belated program at the Central Texas Veterans Memorial. They were Lieutenant General Terry Scott of Coleman County, who served in the Army for 32 years, and Major Billy T. Branch of Comanche County, who served in the Marine Corps for 25 years. Both of them spoke at the program and discussed their military service. And they also said, this is the chaplain there, that Independence Day, of course, is celebrated July 4th. Those who heard the call of service are honored on Veterans Day. And he reminded everybody that on Memorial Day, we pay tribute to the sacrifices made by those who perished to the service of our country, those who stood strong And we must never, ever forget their service. He said they defended the Constitution, and we are and will always remain one nation under God. After the veterans spoke and also the moving words from the chaplain, the audience stood up, prayed, and ended by singing, God Bless America. Well, beautiful to see that they are honoring veterans and also never forgetting their comrades, many of them who did not make it home. And I always love our Support Our Heroes segment because we get to honor folks who are among us and also those heroes who have also passed for the freedom of our great, great country. Well, I believe so much, as you all know, in the rule of law and defending this country. And that's why, you know, I'm outraged, obviously, at this guy who shows up at Brett Kavanaugh's home, the Supreme Court justice today. You heard about the foiled plot. Thank goodness that this guy was arrested and now he's been charged with attempted murder. And I believe that if somebody is going to commit a crime, you got to throw the book at them. You got to, like, you know, let them know that it is unacceptable. And that's whether it's something as serious as that or if it's even a much more minor offense. And unfortunately, what we've seen on a lot of these soft-on-crime DAs around the country, they have been giving criminals a free pass. Case in point, uh, Gascon in Los Angeles. There was another recording that came out today from an inmate who basically was heard 
and a phone call, a jailhouse call with his attorney, basically saying, you know, can you hurry up and make sure that I get a deal right now? We got to try to like plead out or something because if Gascon gets voted out, I may not be able to get as good of a deal. And there was another guy, a gang member on a jailhouse call who basically said, oh, I want to put Gascon's name on my face because that guy's a hero. He's so he goes so easy on criminals. And this is the D.A. Well, guess what? Same thing was happening in San Francisco. And so many of my friends who live and spend time in San Francisco and I've been to San Francisco. I haven't been recently. But when I went a couple of years ago, boy. It already had started going downhill. And my friends who have living there now said it has been the worst. You see the headlines all the time. Homelessness, crime, violent crime especially has gone up tremendously. And what has the DA there done? Oh, he's given basically criminals a slap on the wrist. Well, I was so happy to see that last night the Democratic voters, yes, Democratic voters in probably the most liberal city in the country, San Francisco, have had an epiphany and have come out and said, we want to live in a safe community, and this guy's soft-on-crime policies are not helpful in any shape or form. And they voted Chesa Boudin, the soft-on-crime DA, out resoundingly. It wasn't even it wasn't even close. It was like, thank God, let's get him out. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, Chesa Boudin. But Chesa Boudin, who gets tons of funding from George Soros, as does a lot of these other soft-on-crime DAs around the country. He did not say, oh, well, my policies may be contributed to this moment. Maybe we need to be tougher on criminals. No, he didn't see it that way. Instead, he blamed Republicans for leading the charge against him, even though it was Democratic voters who got him out. Take a listen to this sorry, sorry concession speech. People are angry. They're frustrated. And I want to be very clear about what happened tonight. The right-wing billionaires outspent us three to one. They exploited an environment in which people are appropriately upset. And they created an electoral dynamic where we were literally shadow boxing. Voters were not asked to choose between criminal justice reform and something else. They were given an opportunity to voice their frustration and their outrage, and they took that opportunity. And, of course, there he is, blaming, indeed, the Republicans. He didn't say it was his policies. He basically said it was politics. No, it was your policies, and they were so bad that even Democratic voters decided to get rid of you. And now... Many people are very happy to see that this guy got voted out because they're hoping that this is going to become part of a national trend. John Hatami, who is the deputy DA in L.A., had this to say because he's hoping that now his boss, George Gascon in L.A., that maybe a recall will oust him once and for all because this guy's a loony lefty, too. And he says that he and Chesa Boudin have been disastrous for American security. Most of us, we wanted reforms. However, what we got with George Gascon and Chesa Boudin is radical and extreme policies that have led to a major increase in homicides, smash and grab burglaries, follow home robberies, fentanyl deaths, uh, and gun violence. And I believe that the voters yesterday resoundingly said no more. 
moss. No moss. No moss. Thank goodness, right? Thank goodness. So will this be a trend around the country? What do you guys think? Could we see this in other cities around the country? Could we see that people finally say enough, like in Los Angeles? What about in New York? Now, New York, by the way, New York State, there is no recall. But Governor Hochul could get rid of Alvin Bragg. And Adams talks a good game. I mean, he says he is fed up that it's really dangerous times in New York City. And he kind of says, well, the legislature and judges and all that seems to be tipping toeing around saying anything about Alvin Bragg. But this is what Mayor Eric Adams said today on Capitol Hill about the situation in New York in terms of crime. It is high noon in America. Time for every one of us to decide where we stand on the issue of gun violence. Time to decide if it's more important to protect the profits of gun manufacturers or the lives of our children. Time to decide if we are going to be a nation of laws or confederation of chaos. And we must do it now. And here is what he said earlier in the week about the justice system in New York. No one takes criminal justice seriously anymore. These bad guys no longer take them seriously. They believe our criminal justice system is a laughing stock of our entire country. Laughing stock. So why not call Alvin Bragg out by name, Mr. Mayor? Clearly, his soft on crime policies have clearly contributed to the climate where criminals feel emboldened, just like they did in San Fran. I know you can't necessarily kick them out, but you can start calling them out and also working with the governor to try to, quote, push him out. Why are you, for some reason, not calling out Alvin Bragg by name? And Alvin Bragg, by the way, whenever he gets asked a question about a soft on crime policies in New York, the Manhattan DA doesn't have an answer. Take a listen. Good morning, DA Bragg. How are you? How you been? Can you answer a couple of questions for me? Why don't you take them out? Uh-huh. Just one moment. Just one moment. No answer there. I can't answer any questions. Not at all. And then who could forget, this is Governor Hochul, when she was asked, don't you think that Alvin Bragg's policies are not good and that are emboldening repeat offenders in New York. We've seen so many cases of late where these people have had a long rap sheet and they have clearly gotten a free pass and feel emboldened. Just like, by the way, as we talked about those criminals in L.A., you know, bragging about Gascon. Criminals are smart. They know the deal. They know if they get before a soft-on-crime prosecutor and his team, they'll have an easier time. And that is a travesty. We want it to be tough on criminals, not light on criminals. And yet, remember when Governor Hochul said, when she was asked, what are you going to do about Alvin Bragg? Her answer was, I'm going to cut him some slack. Remember this one? Cut some slack. He's only been on the job uh, a quarter of the time that I have, and I've been on the job a very short time. So let, let him work with the district, other district attorneys. I know they have conversations. Let him work with NYPD and the mayor to identify areas they need to have prosecutions and work together. How much slack 
does New York City have to take? How much slack does Los Angeles have to take? How much slack does Pennsylvania, Philly have to take? All these liberal cities with soft on crime DAs, I hope that the DAs are experiencing a political tsunami just like Chesu Boudin experienced last night. Whether it comes from the voters or, in New York's case, from the governor, they finally need to say enough is enough. If you're not going to like re, if you're not going to enforce the laws, then what are you doing there? You're supposed to be advocating and helping the victims, not helping the criminals. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Bill on line eight. Your thoughts about all of this, Bill? Go ahead. Hey, Rita. How you doing? Um, I just want to say um, the first thing about the woman, Bodine, uh, when when she killed three police officers, uh, she she disarmed the police officers who were executed. And as soon as she got out, um, she was made the chair of the Justice Department at Columbia University. So that tells us right there, you know, the enemy within. I mean, how could that possibly happen? And I wanted to say about this uh, thing you're talking about now, and and by the way, the the Brinks yeah. just because you obviously know the story, Bill. Uh, in the Brinks case, it's the it was uh, the 1981 Brinks robbery where cops were killed and also the security guard was killed. I mean, this was serious stuff. First black officer, Naya Police Department had nine children, and uh, yeah, and and she's supposed to be all pro black and everything. Yeah, she they blew his brains out. I mean, it's terrible. But here's the thing. How could she be made the justice uh, head of justice at Columbia? I mean, just think about how evil that is. That that is just that that's evil. That's diabolical. Yeah, but like that's the right. Say, that's the person you want teaching your kids. I mean, that, yeah, I, I mean, agree. But but it, you bring up a point, design. Bill, because Bill, that is the climate that he grew up in. You know, he'd go up visiting them in prison. It's by design that this is happening, people. And the last thing with this thing you're talking about now, um, uh, with with Kathy Hochul. This is uh, the thing. Um, you know, if the victims of the crime were white, right, she would be more we, – we'd all be more serious. Let's be honest about this. Uh, we're immune to black death. Asian like uh, Christina uh, – By the way, I'm not, I'm, not immune, I'm not immune to black deaths. And I actually, I and I actually right. think, Bill, that Democrats um, selectively, like you said, it's like uh, you bring up a great point because they should be out there screaming high heaven right. over what's going on in the inner cities. But, but what happened was Christina Yoon Lee's death should have been a turning point, a wake-up call for all of us. But Asians fall through the cracks. What I'm saying is that we've become immune to black death. If the victims of all these crimes were white children, for example, right, the uh, the kids of gangs were, were whites. The white community, the, the Jewish progressives, would be calling for stop and frisk and bail, cash bail. So, but because it's blacks, it's the, what George Bush used to call the racism of low expectations, and many blacks buy into it. Now, Eric Adams is speaking a good game. I give him credit for that. But notice that that Kathy Lee uh, Stewart, uh, that cousins, and uh, the uh, Hasty. Uh, you know, whose mother was was a crook, by the way. Carl Hasty, the leader of the, uh, the Bill, the, do the, me a favor, uh, just focus yeah. if you could. Focus. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, they're 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 not. They feel uh, that blacks should not be uh, held accountable to crime, and that goes to uh, uh, all across the board. Most what we saw with the who was the Justice Smollett, uh, the prosecutor of uh, uh, that Kim, woman, Kim Fox, right. Kim Fox, right. yeah, Kim Fox. 
what we see across the country is black people in, in positions of power who feel that blacks should not be held accountable to crime. And this guy uh, yesterday was just uh, one of those supporters. But I'm just saying is if the victims were white, is what I'm saying, we would be more serious about this. And even the liberals at WNYC would, would put their lattes down and say, oh, wow, you mean I could get killed? COVID? White liberals live in totally segregated neighborhoods like the Upper East Side, Upper West Side. Blacks don't live there. Well, and, so we're and not Bill, the victims and Bill, of crime. You bring up a good point in the sense that you know, people, um, you know, until it sort of hits them close to home. Obviously, I contend that everybody's life is important. And um, you did bring up the hypocrisy because, you know, they don't seem to want to go after, you know, black on black crime in inner cities. And I think that that's that's uh, a missed moment. And, and it's a missed moment. You know, even I think about when when Obama became president, I was thinking, great, he can maybe really help clean up some of these inner cities and make them better for everybody. Um, And he didn't do that, Um, at least didn't do it significantly for sure. Um, And I think that every life matters and justice should be equal and making sure that families have justice and victims have justice should be equal. It should be colorblind. And um, it's heartbreaking to see the disparities. And that should not happen. Um, regardless. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We are talking about soft on crime. DA Chesa Boudin gets the boot in the most liberal city in the country. The voters, Democratic voters, vote him out overwhelmingly. Are people now finally getting fed up because crime is getting so bad in some of these cities. And should we see other DAs getting the boot? Is this a message to people like Gascon in L.A., Alvin Bragg in New York? Should they see their days in office numbered by voters or by the governor, different you know states have different rules? But is it time for them to have a wake-up call that they got to be tough on criminals? It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the fact that a soft on crime DA gets the boot from Democratic voters. And I'm wondering who's next is this. First of all, I think it's a great sign that voters went to the voting booth and said enough that things were so bad in San Francisco. And listen to how bad things are in L.A. that this convicted murderer was kind of bragging about the soft on crime policies of the DA in LA named George Gascon. Listen to this. This is looking real good. Now we got a new DA in LA, so they're gonna. Um, for, I got caught on the 14th, fool. Right there in Compton Thursday, so they're gonna drop a gang of um, like my gun enhancement, my gang enhancement, my gang enhancement's 10 years, fool, for being a gang member. And then the gun and the commission where of the crime. I don't get that name on my face. That's a champ right there. Gascon. That's the right there, bro. He's making his story changes for all of us, fool. You know, so I'm just grateful, fool. Like, I got good news off that. So at least now I know, like, they're like, you're coming home, blood. Like, 
Derry told me, my lawyer told me, you're coming home. Wow, how scary and chilling is that? Bragging. Hey, he dropped the enhancement. Aren't I lucky that I'm in a place with a soft on crime DA? You want a convicted murderer bragging about the DA? And who could forget, this is the widow of one of the slain NYPD officers in January calling out soft on crime DA Alvin Bragg in New York at the funeral of her husband. I know you were tired of these laws, especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now. (laughs) Wow, that was so powerful. So, so powerful. Let's hope that other soft-on-crime DAs, if they do not change their ways, that they are voted out by the voters or pushed out by the governor. Sick of the talk. They all say, oh, we want to be tough on crime. We want to do this. And then you allow a soft-on-crime DA to continue in office, that is talking out of both sides. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ, line seven. BJ, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, excellent show as always. Look, there's a war on our judiciary in this country. Soros used Forbes, uh, it was reported in Forbes magazine, $125 million. He was funding these left-out DAs all over the country, pumping money into them. The guy in Philly, the one in Chicago, uh, that creep out in, in San Francisco. He ruined that city, destroyed it. Uh, they're going to have to rebuild for years. All of those people were not happy that he was recalled but because the, he left this city in tethers uh, uh, crime-wise. We have a creep here in this city, and it's all connected. We need to also pass a legislation that protects the judiciary from these crazies that are that are stalking them. There is uh, that poor lady whose son would uh, perish. There's legislation in Congress that will make it a federal crime to make a uh, a judge's uh, name and address public. That should be passed immediately. We need to protect our judiciary. They're the only thing that stands between us and the mob. Yeah, 1,000 percent. I agree. I don't even know why they're even delaying on something like that. I I 1,000 percent. It's Esther Salas, the New Jersey judge who lost her son because of a crazy guy who showed up at our house. 1,000%, BJ. Thank you. Let's go to Jimmy. Jimmy, line two. Your thoughts, my friend. Go ahead, Jim. Yes, I'm not going to criticize you the way Stan, the uh, the red flag, uh, would do. By the way, by the way, Jim, by the way, as a tease, tomorrow night I will be talking about the January 6th committee. And, Stan, I can't wait for you to call because what a dog and pony shyster show that's going to be. But go ahead, Jimmy. Yes, These are not soft on crime DAs. These are pro-crime DAs. There's a big difference. This is not an accident. We're being torn down every segment of society. Our our allies overseas see this, and they're terrified seeing the country they depend on for their security that we're being collapsed from. This is a communist revolution. We're being collapsed from within. Scary stuff, Jimmy. Really scary stuff. And we have to stand up against evil. It shouldn't be Republican or Democrat. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a 
free investment guide and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.